If you think your genes are perfect, Dr Collins has bad news. We are all walking around with dozens of genetic errors in our bodies, which place us at risk for some disease. But he also has good news. He and other researchers are making progress on ways to overcome these problems, and they're developing ways to prevent our new genetic knowledge from being used in harmful ways. Welcome to Truth in the Test Tube, a program that examines important scientific subjects in the light of their wider perspective and meaning. Let's turn up the heat, add some light and some logical thinking, and see what truth bubbles up. Professor, since we featured geneticist Dr. Francis Collins on our previous program, I've been reading about him on the internet. I learned that before he became director of the Human Genome Project, he discovered the genetic cause of several diseases. Some of them are being cured by replacing a gene that wasn't working. Yes, and he and others are researching the possibility of turning off a gene that's doing harm. Some genes cause the body to make a protein which harms the body's cells. And to block that, a new idea has emerged in the last few years called RNA interference. RNA interference enables researchers to turn off a very specific gene. There are trials now going on in animals which look moderately promising. The big problem is going to be delivery. How to get a big, complicated molecule like DNA or RNA into the tissue where it can do some good. That sounds difficult. So Dr. Collins thinks we probably will be able to treat many diseases by improved kinds of drug therapy before gene therapy is useful in humans. We understand many biological defects well enough to design a drug that goes right to the problem instead of treating some secondary effect. What's an example of drug therapy? A drug called Gleevec, which has been developed to treat a previously incurable form of adult leukaemia. Leukaemia develops because of a specific mutation in a white blood cell. This mutation creates a protein that causes a normal white cell to go out of control and results in leukaemia. In most cases, this form of leukaemia is fatal. How did they cure this previously incurable disease? Researchers recognise that the protein that causes this type of leukaemia isn't present in normal cells. So they reasoned that if you could block its action, you could have some benefit against the disease and maybe not have many side effects. So the researcher Brian Drucker developed a drug that moves into the active site of that protein and blocks its action. It became one of the more dramatic therapeutic advances of the last 10 years. Well, very few drugs are effective in 100% of cases of a disease. What is the success rate in this one? They gave this drug to 32 people who had advanced chronic leukaemia. They had a life expectancy of only a few months and volunteered to take this experimental medication. Researchers didn't expect to learn anything except whether this drug was toxic. They were surprised to see that 31 of those 32 advanced leukaemia patients went into a complete sustained remission. And most of them are alive today without any evidence of a disease. And that's the kind of outcome we wish to see for disease after disease using this strategy of developing a medicine that will block something very specific that needs to be blocked. 31 out of 32. That's outstanding. Dr. Collins Laboratories are searching the disease progeria, a dramatic form of premature ageing. This disease causes the body to age at six to eight times its normal speed, making many children die by age 13 of heart attack or stroke. 
Progeria's cause had been a complete mystery until 2003, when the Human Genome Project enabled us to find the gene that's involved. Collins and his researchers discovered that a drug that had been developed for cancer might be exactly the right drug for progeria. His colleagues are now testing it to see if it might be able to do something for this otherwise incurable disease. Dr. Collins says, You couldn't imagine those things happening a few years ago. But with all of these connections and information, these kinds of dreams are possible to come true, although many of them are going to take a lot longer than we wish. I hope you feel as excited as I do about the potential. At the beginning of the programme, you said people are developing ways to prevent our new genetic knowledge from being used in harmful ways. Tell me more about that. Dr. Collins said Jesus Christ was sending us a strong message by devoting so much of his time to healing. During his life on earth, Jesus went through all the villages teaching, preaching the good news of a kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. That's one of the strongest mandates to try to heal. But we also have to recognise our moral responsibility. We need to work to make sure these advances are not misused. Collins worries that scientists sometimes get afflicted with pride or arrogance and think we understand the book of life and we forget who the real author is. In other words, we forget that God is the creator of life, including the genes that tell the various organs of the body how to assemble and how to function. He says followers of Christ should have two goals. First, to support the possibility of healing. And second, to practice moral responsibility to be sure that abuses don't occur. To achieve these goals, Christians have to be well informed. Often there's misunderstanding. Scientists not really understanding what the religious perspective is all about and religious people not understanding the scientific perspective. It's no good to have zeal without knowledge. Among scientists and among people of faith, there's a lot of zeal and less knowledge than there needs to be. Which issues does he think are problems? The technology already exists to identify some risks of future illness. And Dr. Collins described a situation in which some members of a family already have colon cancer and genetic tests indicate that others are likely to develop it. In some countries, employers usually provide health insurance for their employees. If an employee gets an illness, an insurance company will pay the hospital bills. But if an employer knows that a certain employee has a genetic weakness that makes him likely to develop a major disease, he may refuse to hire him because his insurance will be very costly. In other words, in some countries, a person who is at high risk to become ill might be kept from getting either a job or medical care. Yes. Dr. Collins says, if you thought that you're the one perfect genetic specimen on the planet, I have some very bad news. We're all walking around with dozens of errors in our genomes that place us at risk for something. And they're going to be discovered and that can be very helpful to you. But this information can also be used in ways that harm you. So a scientist who is doing genetic research must have more than just technical scientific knowledge. Yes, someone remarked that humans have a tendency to acquire brilliance without conscience. He added, ours is a world of nuclear giants and ethical infants. So Dr. Collins is attempting to convince the United States Congress to make laws that prevent genetic information from being used in deciding whether or not a person could be hired, fired or promoted in a job. What other dangers does Dr. Collins see? 
the answers our society in its love affair with DNA is moving in the direction of thinking of the human body as a machine. They're thinking of people as puppets, being controlled by these invisible double helical strands that we inherited from our parents and that cause us to march to that tune. And he interprets free will is at risk and people begin to assume that the environment doesn't matter so much because it's all about genes. That idea is used for an argument that we don't need God anymore, but it's all understandable in its reductionist mode. In other words, some scientists oversimplify the situation by reducing our understanding of humans, thinking we are just atoms and molecules. Yes, after studying the genome for more than a decade... Dr. Collins sees the limitations of what he's learned in the laboratory. In his words, genes are going to tell us a lot of interesting stuff, but they're not going to tell us what unselfish love's all about. They're not going to tell us why all human beings in all cultures have a sense of right and wrong, the moral law, this searching for something greater than themselves. Science is not suited to answer those questions. On our next programme, Dr Collins will tell us how he found answers to the most important questions in life. This has been Truth in the Test Tube. Looking at truth through the twin lenses of the world that God created and the Bible that God inspired. If you live in India, our email address is testtube at radio882.com. That's testtube at radio882.com. Elsewhere on planet Earth, use truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. Truthtest at truthinthetesttube.org. We would be happy to hear from you and feel free to send your reactions to anything we said today. And please join us again for additional episodes of Truth in the Test Tube.